It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and not only the ride of the week, but also the stat of the week later on the show. Stay tuned for that because we're going to be talking some Hall of Fame news because there is a Dallas Cowboy legend that was named a semifinalist to be a senior addition to the Hall of Fame. So we're going to dive into that when we get to the stat of the week. Before we do any of that, though, we're going to talk some Simi Fehoko. We're going to talk some NFC East news. Welcome, everyone, into the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. If you enjoy the show, uh, take a fraction of a second to hit the thumbs up as that helps me put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Let me say hi really quickly. We've got Chava Vargas tuning in from Guadalajara, Mexico. We've got a uh, trailer. We've got Toxic Tom. We've got Juan Daniel, Ines, John Jones, John here in the fa- in the YouTube chat as well. Charlene on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, everyone for tuning into the show. Uh, I'm gonna start with a big shout out to the people over at Blogging the Boys because they got a very nice interview with Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Simi Fehoko. And he had a lot to say about the West Coast offense. It's actually worth the listen. Make sure you check it out. He talked to Jez Nevaris, who is also on the official Dallas Cowboys podcast network as a contributor. And she also works with Blogging the Boys. And Brandon Laurie was in there, too, in that it, the show. It's actually called The Writer's Block, if I remember correctly. And they had a sit-down chat with Sima Fehoko. He had a lot to say. But I wanted to dive into one of the clips that they shared on social media because I thought it's pretty interesting. Simi Fehoko entering the third year, his third year in the NFL, and he could very well compete with Jalen Tolbert for the number four wide receiver spot. Not only compete for it, but to many people, he's actually favored to earn that position. I will remind you about that conversation that Skywalker Steele and Patrick Walker had here on ADC Sports Dallas when Walker said that he expects him to be the favorite or or that he looked at him as the favorite for the number four spot on the Cowboys wide receiver depth chart. One of the reasons why he might hold an advantage over second-year Jalen Tolbert is how familiar he is with the West Coast offense. Let's listen to the one-minute clip of Simi Fehoko talking with the blog and the boys crew. Let's see what he had to say. Uh, Warning shot right now for all of you. 
with the volume because I'm going to share a video. So here we go. One, two, and three. Can you talk about what it's been like having Mike McCarthy in charge of the playbook and really creating this Texas Coast offense with you guys? Has it been a cohesive kind of agreement with you guys? Is there room for discussion? Have you had any input in it? How has it been like for you adjusting to this new playbook? First and foremost, I came from a West Coast offense. Stanford is is obviously West Coast, but that was David Shaw and his offense, and that was West Coast. So him making that switch with McCarthy, calling the plays and the way that he's been installing things and just like the different terminology it's been it's been like a breath of fresh air it's like picking it back up to where you know where I was before so it's been a smooth transition for myself and as far as like the team goes I'm very positive that a lot of us are are very happy with um, the way things are going and the way the plays are going to be called I'm not going to spoil too much you guys are going to have to watch the season for to see how how it's changed but we're very excited. As far as I can speak for the wide receiver core, um, we're ready to to light it up. Woo. Hey, man. That quote right at the end gets me excited for football season to begin. I don't know about you, but Simon Fajoko saying that the Cowboys wide receiver core is going to light it up. He sounds excited about the change of offense with Mike McCarthy. Uh, very a, a couple of takeaways from that conversation couple of takeaways from that conversation. Simi Fajoko is very familiar with the West Coast offense. He played it at Stanford, David Shaw, old school West Coast. You look at that, at those Stanford teams and, and you're seeing a pro offense, right? That's what you're seeing. And the fact that he is out there saying the terminology, the concepts, breath of fresh air because he's picking it back up. I think that really reinforces the notion that some of us have that what the Cowboys are saying officially about the change of the offense being very minimal might be a little bit of an understatement. I do think the Cowboys offense is going to look different. I think that, yes, it's going to be built off of what Kellen Moore had done here previously, but make no mistake about it. This won't be Mike McCarthy running Kellen's offense. This will be McCarthy running his offense on top of Kellen's offense, perhaps. But it's going to look different. And I do think you, we get that idea, too, from how Simifelko is talking about this offense. And he, I mean, he sounds excited about getting those West Coast terms and, and, and the terminology in there. Of course, many people have pointed out that Simi Fehoko is in a position to be one of the biggest winners in Dallas out of the scheme change because he's got the size, he's got the speed, and you look at how he plays, you look at him, and he is like the ideal McCarthy wide receiver. I'm not saying he's going to be starting because obviously guys like C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup are going to be above him in the depth chart. But if somebody goes down, we could see Simifelko stepping in as a starter because he does have the tools to fit right into what the Cowboys want to do with Mike McCarthy. I like how he sounds excited. I like how he's acknowledging that there is a change in the offense. And it sounds like he's talking about a significant change. Doesn't sound like Simifelko is kind of like playing it down and playing it cool. Like we've seen Mike McCarthy do, Brian Schottenheimer, Dak Prescott. I think that Simi Fehoko and C.D. Lamb have been the two people that have 
hinted at the fact that there are big changes coming the Cowboys offense way. Uh, my question for me to you is, who do you think is going to be the number four wide receiver of the Cowboys? Do you think it's going to be Simon Fejoko or do you think it's going to be Jalen Tolbert? Let me know in the chat. What do you think about that? And in the meantime, let me read some of your comments. <laughs> I love Weed says, he basically saying Kellen Moore sucks. <laughs> I love how that was the, the takeaway. Let's see here. Katharina says, I cannot wait already. It's been too long for an offseason. And yeah, it's, it's slowly hitting us, I think. It's slowly hitting us. We're in the middle of July. Training camp is in the horizon. It's teasing us. It's teasing us that football is coming. We're starting to get into these pre-training camp conversations. And man, I'm feeling it now. I'm feeling how much I miss football. Toxic Tom says, we're ready to light it up from the man who has done next to nothing in the NFL. And if you follow Timmy Fehoka's career, you know where Toxic Tom is coming from. He has 10 career games and just over 40 offensive snaps in two years in the league. The story of Simi Fehoko in the league has been injuries, right? He's had bad timing with a couple of injuries. And it's difficult. And this is where it gets interesting, by the way. This is where it gets interesting. It's difficult to develop in the NFL when you are banged up since your rookie season. If you miss your rookie season, and then if you miss time in your sophomore season as well, that development it's going to be tough to get done. And if you ask me for what is Jalen Tolbert's advantage in this conversation is the fact that he was not hurt. And I know that Jalen Tolbert, we give him a lot of doubts and, and we talk very negatively about how his first year in the league went. But if there is one thing that you can say about Jalen Tolbert is that he was healthy. And that means... He was getting the reps in practice. He was getting involved tr throughout the entire offseason. And he was really learning on the field how to play wide receiver. Is that going to show up on the field when they are in Oxnard battling out the wide receiver four position between these two guys? Is that going to show up? I low-key think that it will. I know that Simi Fehoko is getting a lot of, you know, Hype, and I don't say hype in a it's false kind of way. I just mean that fans are really catching on to what Simi Fehoko could be bringing to the table. And I kind of lean towards Jalen Tolbert very slightly in this conversation, but it's clear why Simi Fehoko could have an edge. And that is the fact that he is very familiar with what the Cowboys are going to be running when the season starts, which is a West Coast offense or you know, the new terminology for Dallas, which is a Texas Coast offense. Anyways, let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Gregory goes with Tolbert. Katharina goes with Fehoko. Todd Williams says that Tolbert will be number five. John says, should it be a good fight for number four? Surprise me. Toxic Tom goes with a wild card, though. He says, Dennis Houston, the guy who beat them both out last year to start the season. Dennis Houston could be a very interesting player this training camp. I ha I said Tolbert, if they give him a chance, it's Gilbert. Let's see here. Bring back T.Y. says Modelo time. Tolbert for Ines. Todd Williams says Seanheimer should will only 
should and will only make powerful offense even better. Says Todd Williams there in the chat. Hotspot Casino says Fihoko should be the number four receiver. It's going to be fun. It's going to be one of the most fun battles in Dallas when they get to Oxnard. Dennis Houston is an interesting uh, player to get involved there. And I had him in my 53-man roster projection. The thing about Houston is that although he did beat them out last year, if you put Tolbert and Houston next to each other, there's probably more upside on Tolbert, right? Because of the tools that he has to work with, because of who he is as an athlete. And I could see Jalen Tolbert having much more upside than Dennis Houston and that changing the way that things go in 2023. However, Houston was a very surprising player last year. Dallas also added multiple UDFAs that have received, that have caused a lot of praise for the Cowboys throughout the draft community, right? Like when the UDFA classes started being revealed, many people in the draft community. So could we see another version of Dennis Houston? Wouldn't rule that out. It's going to be, again, one of the most fun positions of training camp. And I cannot wait for us to get into all of those conversations. But anyways, that's Timmy Fehoko pointing out his advantage, talking about how familiar he is with the West Coast offense. We're going to move on a little bit here on the show. And we're going to get into some NFL news. To be more specific, we're going to get to some NFC East news. And this came, let me confirm really quickly, but I think this came from Diana Rossini from ESPN. That's at least the first report that I saw on this. And the tweet says, and I quote, Saquon Barkley, that's New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley, has made it clear the franchise tag is undesirable. That's the word that he went with, undesirable. I'm told his availability for week one against the Dallas Cowboys will be in serious question if he does not get a long-term deal from the Giants. So just like the clock is ticking for the Cowboys and Tony Pollard, it is clicking for the New York Giants, but in a much more hostile way. Pollard was offered the franchise tag. He signed it. He's ready to go. He's been in OTAs. He's been in minicamp. He's going to be there in training camp. Whether or not the Cowboys and him reach a long-term deal before the July 17th deadline, because that's the deadline for franchise-stacked players to sign a multi-year extension with their respective NFL teams. With the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley, what we're seeing is a much more different situation because Barkley is not in New York. He's not working with the Giants. He has missed uh, the, the voluntary workouts. He's not being in there. And apparently, based on this report, if they don't reach that long-term deal, who knows if they're going to see him in the preseason? Who knows if they're going to see him in training camp? But apparently, he is throwing the threat to miss week one as well. He's throwing it in there. We should make it clear, we should make it very clear that this could be just a negotiation tactic from Saquon Barkley. Who knows if he's actually going to miss time? However, 
is it a big deal or a small deal that Saquon Barkley could miss week one, which happens to be a game against the Dallas Cowboys? I don't know about you, but I would much rather see a Giants team that has no Saquon Barkley. I think that this is a bit of news that could really benefit the Cowboys if it end up, ends up happening that way. I kind of struggle to predict what the Giants are going to do with Barkley in this situation. Right now, he's set to make the same amount of money as Tony Pollard is set to make in 2023. You know, that $10.09 million figure. And who knows if they're going to reach a long-term extension because they're in the same boat that the Cowboys and Pollard are that, you know, you look around the NFL and you realize that the running back market is declining. And if you are Saquon, are you going to settle for a low number? And if you are the Giants, how much money are you going to guarantee a player at a position that people around the league have consistently regretted paying at a big rate? And heck, with Saquon, it's even tougher because he's been injured. He has been constantly injured. That's a problem. He wasn't really last year, though. He wasn't really last year. So, Katharina says small deal. Small deal for Inez Gomez. Gilbert says small deal. If he plays Dallas, would hold him under 50 yards. I'm going to say big deal just because it's a divisional game. I'm going to say big deal because it's a game that's going to matter a lot. And if the race for the NFC East is as tight between the Cowboys and the Eagles as we would expect it to be, I'm going to say it's a big deal. Yeah, running backs might not matter a lot, but th that might be the, the cliche or the, or the quote that people like to use these days. But I would still rather not face Saquon Barkley at all. He can make some plays. He can change some games. D-Shift, though, says Saquon has to accept the market, maybe. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a deal to Bruce. That's, that's a good way of putting it. It's a deal. D-Shift says big deal because that's their offense in the first place. Yeah, man, especially with what they've got going on at wide receiver. There's not many passing game weapons in there. And they did a good job thanks to Brian Dable. They're, they've got a solid offense in the, in the works there. But talent-wise, no Saquon for the Giants is a big blow. So if he can make a week one win easier, let's do it. It's a big deal for me. It's a big deal for me. Anyways, wanted to, wanted to touch on those news. But now that we've made it to this point on the show, let's talk some Hall of Fame. But to do so, let's get into the Freeman Mazda Stat of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, the Freeman Mazda Stat of the Week revolves around a potential Dallas Cowboys Hall of Famer. And that is cornerback Everson Waltz because on Wednesday, the Pro Football Hall of Fame revealed its 60 senior semifinalists to be inducted into the 2024 Hall of Fame via its senior committee. How that works, it's, you know, it's a 12th, I believe it's 12 persons who are on this uh, senior committee and they can nominate via... Uh, is a special session. They can nominate players or executives or coaches. And this time they nominated 
31 senior players, players who are no longer on the ballot, but that could earn a spot in Canton through this type of committees. And in there, it's cornerback Everson Walls. And the Freeman Mazda stat of the week is my way of showing you why he belongs there in Canton. Now, I'm going to give you a few numbers, and then I'm going to get into the actual stat of the week. But for those of you who are not familiar with what Everson Waltz did, he's obviously a Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys. He was named four times an All-Pro, but three of those times were first-team All-Pros. He has three Pro Bowls. He has 57 career interceptions. That's tied for the 13th most in the NFL. And here is the amazing, insane stat of the week. Three times Everson Waltz led the NFL in interceptions. Only two players have ever done that in NFL history. And that's Everson Waltz and then some dude named Ed Reed. I don't know about you, but this stat alone to me should be Everson Waltz's ticket into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let me know in the chat, gut feeling, yes or no, will Everson Waltz be in Canton next year? Let me know in the chat. I'm going to add just as a fun fact, in his final year on the ballot, Everson Waltz was a finalist, but he didn't make the final cut. Let me know in the chat, what do you think? That is a Freeman Mazda stat of the week. While you do that, and before I give you my answer, which you already have, obviously, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. A family-owned business has been so for over 65 years, and you can check out all, their, uh, all of their wide range of new and used vehicles in their website, FreemanMazda.net. You can also check out their dealership at Irving, Texas. And when you go into the website, you can check out pictures of every car. You can check out the pictures and the features of each and every one of the vehicles. And as we do around this time, we need to get into the Freeman Mazda ride of the week. This time, it's the 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5S Select All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $30,545. It's got all-wheel drive. It's got a blind spot monitor, rain-sensing wipers, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto and a fuel wheel economy of 24 miles per gallon in the city. That goes up to 20 to 30, excuse me, when you are on the highway. Make sure you check out the Freeman Mazda ride of the week over at FreemanMazda.net. With all of that being said, yes or no, will Everson Waltz be in the Hall of Fame next year? Let's see what you got. Let's, let's see what you guys have to say. Danny Savage says, Hall of Fame has turned into a joke. Toxic Tom says, that's tough. I only know because of how hard and picky the Hall of Fame is. Jerry Kramer waited longer and for petty reasons. He should be, says Bruce. Woody too. Lance says, until Woody gets in, I have no idea. And Woody though, Woody, Woody is still on the ballot, if I'm not mistaken. Like he still shows up in the voting process. Danny Savage says he should be. Walter serves to be in the hall, says John. Jerry says yes. That puts him in the hall, says D-Shift. Man, I'm not going to lie. That stat, that stat alone about him and Ed Reed being the only two players to lead the, the NFL in interceptions three times, that to me is enough to put him in there. Uh, Walt was awesome, says Russell. There's one thing 
that some people hate on when it comes to Everson Waltz. And it's that one of those three times that he led the league, one of them was a shortened season because of the player's strike. And I understand being frustrated because of it, but that's not on Waltz. Like NFL players played a season, even if it was shortened, and he still led the league in interceptions, right? So I don't think that takes away from that record. Uh, I don't think it does. A season was still played, whether it was shortened or not. That's another thing. It was played. And just like him, a ton of other NFL players did. I think he should be in there. Toxic Tom says he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, this year, eh, I don't know. It's just Toxic Tom. I, I will say this, though. Since it's a senior committee, I mean, you're not talking about players that have already been named into the Hall of Fame, if that makes sense. Uh, I would like to see him in there. There's some good competition, by the way. There's some good competition uh, that, that should be looked at as well. Number 24, Everson Waltz goes to the Hall, says John. Waltz was on the catch coverage, says Lance Vell. Oh, that's hurt. That hurts. <laughs> Lance, Lance bringing up the, the catch hurts for sure. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that was your stat of the week. And that will be it for me tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I will see you again tomorrow night before we call it a week here on Primetime. And then I'm going to be back next Sunday. I might watch Quarterback tonight. I might watch the Netflix series. We'll see. Let me know if you have watched it but do me a favor and hit the like button share the stream if you like what you saw thanks so much for tuning in to prime time as you do every single night and remember that prime time is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net we will talk more about them and the ride of the week tomorrow night thank you so much and i will see you mañana bye bye